Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. Today we're talking about consent in gaming. So a few weeks ago, Monty Cook Games came out with Consent in Gaming, a free PDF you can download from their website. And it got me thinking about all kinds of things even before I read it. And when I read it... How did it get you thinking about things before you read it? Well, I I just Just the title? Just the title itself, yes. Just checking. Thinking about Consent in Gaming, I was thinking about things that I have done in the past. And I've been playing games role-playing games for about 40 years i'd say 41 exactly but uh, who's counting but anyway obviously you're counting (laughs) so so in those 40 years of playing and running games because i started running games probably when i was a teenager so i started around 11 and about four or five years later i actually started running DD and stuff like that and over the years i've i've never had an issue with the ideas about consent i mean i 30 40 (laughs) years ago 20 years ago, it really wasn't a big deal, right? It wasn't even thought of, I don't think. So let's start with some definitions because consent in gaming could mean different things to different people. That's true. Usually when you're talking about consent, it's for, you know, adult stuff, right? Really what a, what consent in gaming is, is a, is a social contract for the people right. that you play with. Yeah. But like what, I s- what's a social contract? Well, it is a social contract. A social contract is the rules that you're going to use when you're playing not the game rules but your own rules right the way that you act around each other and stuff like that okay so it depends on the gaming group oh what so kind of like our gaming group a bunch of teenage boys and old guys and a couple of women <laughs> probably is different than a gaming group where you don't know any other people right or there yeah exactly i mean like you said every group is going to be different and every group is going to have different types of uh stuff that they're comfortable with right and that's what you're talking about the social contract is that you don't want you don't want to cover subjects or delve into subjects that is going to make somebody uncomfortable or is going to really upset people i agree for, for the most part i think you're right about the i, I hate to say it because oh i hate to God, tell I'm you right. That you're right all right about the zero session that zero session. if you don't know all the people at your table or you're at a convention a convention is going to be kind of hard but you yeah. should at least do a little spiel about these are the tools that we use. And if something's uncomfortable for you, you have to tell us or tell me or All right. touch the X card in the middle of the table. Or When I was talking about the old games I used to play, you know, I ran a lot of games. But most of my games have been like I would consider action orientated, uh, heroic, uh, fun. Uh, I didn't delve too much into dark subject matter or horror subject matter. Even though I ran Dark Conspiracy for a long time. I ran Dark Conspiracy campaign for a couple years. And it was, you know, I centered or or focused on the action part of the game instead of this horrific uh, impending doom thing, right? But I remember I ran this published adventure called Among the Dead. And it featured a children's hospital or orphanage hospital or something like that. And, you know, Dark Conspiracy, kids orphanage, you know. You can make the illusions of what happens around there. But at the time, I was a teenager. I was probably 17 or 18, you know, maybe 20 at the oldest. And those were different times for me and my friends. You know, now that, you know, I'm in my 50s, you know, most of my friends are parents at this stage, you know, in various points of parentage from little guys to teenagers and stuff that game might be a little bit different you know that subject matter might hit people differently and so you know you talk you know so so when i said i look back and about consent it's a subject i didn't even think about 40 30 20 years ago but now it's something that well having to deal with that kind of subject matter in that game among the dead might be something that somebody doesn't want to play it so i understand you know so it started me thinking you know about consent i mean this book really you know hit me at a time when i'm 
been thinking about it. It's not really a book. It's a PDF. Okay, well, I mean, I'm I mean, sh- it could be a book, but it would be a very tiny book. Yes, it's, it's a pamphlet. Maybe <laughs> there you go, pamphlet. It's about it is what thirteen, fourteen pages, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a free download, so you can download this thing, no problem. You know, it is full colored and it looks really nice. You did. You do have to sign up on an account on Money Cook to get it, but it's zero dollars. Yes, right, and zero shipping since it's electronic. Yeah. And another issue I think I talked about a little bit was my Tales of the Loop game that I ran at a convention in, in February where uh, I had this scene where two teenagers drown in Monterey Bay. And one of the players actually had, when he was a kid, had two of his friends die in that same beach. So he mentioned at the end of the scene, and I felt really bad. From now on, from, you know, more, more or less, I'm going to use an X card when I play a game. If, you know... On the off chance that I come across or I cover or my game delves into a situation that people are made, you know, have a problem with, they can get out of it. They don't have to deal with that. And and that's something that, that seems inherently okay with me because, like, why am I playing a role-playing game or why am I running a role-playing game? I want people to have fun. I mean, that's the ultimate, you know, there's no winning in RPGs. That's what they say. The only winning is having fun and having a good time. So why would I want to upset people at my game table and at the conventions you know every time i run at a convention i think consider myself an ambassador for the hobby an ambassador for the game that i'm running and so that that kind of mentality for me means that i'm trying to make people have fun and if and if they're thinking about buying this game or thinking about playing this game or running this game my running it should be an enticement and not say well that that game's pretty crappy because you know you know, you know what i mean i do yeah so I, uh, of course, Saul tells me these topics and then I have to go and do research on them. So when I was researching this one, I was like, I kept, I ran into two things. People, reasonable people and people who were not reasonable. Reasonable people. Most reasonable people would go, oh, okay, consenting gaming, that makes sense. You don't want people to be uncomfortable. But then some people are like, well, I've been playing for 40 years and I've never had to deal with that. Well, yeah, that was my mentality, right, for the longest time. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't think I need to do that. I need to delve into these, you know, because it's kind of a weird subject, you know, especially for old people like me who, like, you know. Dude, you're not old, okay? Older people like me, older gamers who, like, who've been playing forever. And they've always, you know, and I've been pretty lucky. I've been playing with a lot of friends that I've known for a long time, you know, some of them since I first started gaming, you know, my brother who got me started gaming. And so we're comfortable with each other and we pretty much know, you know, what is acceptable, what isn't, isn't acceptable. But even then, you know, things happened that made, you know, like that game. Like if I had run that Dark Conspiracy now with uh, some of my friends, they probably wouldn't want to play it. They wouldn't want to play in that scenario. I know one who wouldn't. Exactly. And even me, I mean, I've never thought about it much. You know, I didn't have kids when I ran that game, but now I have a, we have a son and and I'm like, yeah, that's probably a touchy subject for me. You know, I probably, it probably wouldn't affect me too bad, you know, because I'm able to compartmentalize my, my gaming. Can you and say that word again, uh, word no, again for me? No, I can't. Compartmentalize? Yes. <laughs> See, there, there's the thing. If you know the people, like the group we play with, when you play with older guys and teenage boys, there's going to be innuendo, right? Sometimes it goes over people's head, but it doesn't bother me or Kathy because we're used to being with these guys all the time, right? Correct. But if you're in a game at a convention where you don't know the people, yes, it's a different thing, right? right. And I always tell the kids, and I don't have to tell the men, they usually know. Yeah, to, to, you know, Just to remind them. Say it in your head before you say it out loud, yeah, and then don't say it out loud. 
So, so that's a different thing when you're with a bunch of people that you already know, you play with all the time, you should be able to say it. And in our group, if anybody says or does anything that's inappropriate, they're told right away. Yeah, that's true. But you know, that's people you're super comfortable with. Right. And you know, for ages. I don't have a problem telling people what I think though. So that's true. You know, and what was weird about this when, when he came out with this, this PDF, you know, certain people posted it, you know, on my Facebook page. And for the most part, most of my friends. You know, are healthy, responsible adults, you know. And so they got mainly positive feedback. But I remember, I don't know where it was, but it must have been on Facebook. You know, like some industry person posted it, you know, or somebody, you know, who has a ton more friends than I do or followers, whatever you want to call them. And, and sure, most of, the, most of them, most of the replies and comments were positive. But then, an over, over, not overwhelmingly, but uh, more than I thought would be the comments of that were, it was very negative. Oh, this, why would I need to do this in my game? I've been running games, like me. Oh, I've been running games for 40 years. I never needed this crap, bunch of crap and, you know, this uh, politically correct garbage. And this is, you know, I run the games because uh, this is the way I run my games. You know, I, I like this being on the edge. Of, I'm like, I'm like, what? I just, I just couldn't believe that somebody or anybody, well, there are always going to be those people, I guess, that are negative about some things. And I thought, you know, I thought this was a good idea. I thought this was only going to be, you know, ex- for a moment, for, you know, maybe naivety on my on, yes, on my spot, on, your on part. my I, I, part, that it would only be well received. And that's and, what happens when you ride on a white horse and <laughs> and but, have black and white judgments. But you know, I look back and, like I said, you know, sure, I never thought I needed it, and I never, you know, I don't think I ever ran games that pissed off people or really upset people that they, they felt traumatized. But I don't know if I did. You know, I I. I I know that, like I said, that innocent tales from the loot game I ran, or not so innocent, but where those people, where the teenagers die at the at the at a beach, drown at a beach. You know, I never thought about people. That's not an uncommon thing that happens in the world. People drowning. Yes. But to have somebody sit down at your table at a convention that you don't know, you don't know that that happened to them. Right. It's like me sitting down at a table and them saying, okay, this adventure is about killer clowns. Uh, That's when Jolene would stand up and walk away because I don't like clowns. Well, you know, the thing is, is you're right. I think uh, killer clowns, that, that, yes, that would probably, should be in the description of the game. Another thing is the description of the game. When you run it, when you run a game at a con- convention, a lot of times there is a little blurb or a little, a little paragraph or something that explains or describes the game. And it usually about. also has whether it's a mature, family oriented, yes, and how many players and what level and all that kind of stuff. Correct, and I think that's a good thing. I think you know conventions are trying to make this place, their place, a welcoming place to play you know that's how they get more and more people to not join or you know pay the price of admission to come to the hobby as you always like to say well and it's understandable um the first time augustine played in convention games he wanted to play without us right i remember that he was what 11 i don't think he was 11 i think it was like 10 9 or 10 and of course we let him play in the kids room but then when we went to dundracon one year he really wanted to play by himself yes so we signed him up for a game. We signed him. He picked a game. We signed him up for it. A couple of them. Yes. And Saul hovered a bit to make sure. Or was it the next year when uh, he played in D and D games? But then when he played in, he played in Gil's game that wasn't a D and D game. Uh, it wasn't Gil's game. It was, it was uh, some of the else's game. But Gil was there. Uh, a game, and so Saul even went and checked to make sure afterwards that Augustine was didn't cause any problems or anything. Well, it was yeah. It was like an hour or two into the game. I just came in. They were like. 
taking a break and I'm like, hey, you know, is he doing okay? And they, they, they all said he was doing great. So, I mean, he never... He'd been playing for a long time. Yeah. So he, he, unless it was something bizarre, it wouldn't have bothered him. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. doing my research for this, I was just reading on Reddit the oh, about these, about... So what, is, what does consent in gaming really mean, right? There's a, so they say, and I was reading this, that basically you're making a contract with the people you're playing with, Social right? Social contract, yes, like yeah. you mentioned. So what are the kind of things that you, you would do? So if you're sitting down with a group you don't know and you're it's a new group, you want to have a, some kind of session where you're going to make the rules, right? When you're going to play, where you're going to play, what you're going to play, and then you probably want to know what the game's about because right. that might make it a deal breaker for people whether they want to be in it or not. And a lot of the thing about the about consenting gaming is you're consenting to you're making a commitment to the game right so one of the things people were talking about was what do you do if somebody can't make a session who do they call do they just not show up what if they don't like the game after a couple months and want to leave and Saul and I've talked about this before if you don't like the game you're in and you need to leave just tell people be an adult a lot of people aren't we covered that on ghosting but I thought that was an interesting thing that people actually have to talk about that with players that should be a, a normal thing that you do but if you're at a convention game and there's no session there's zero. no session zero right. or anything like that so you're just basically going by what's in the description of the game and what kind of game it is right yeah. so you're you're really relying on the gm to do the consent in gaming either spiel or make sure that they can tell if you're uncomfortable or not and if they can't tell if you're uncomfortable you need to tell them you're uncomfortable and a lot of people have a problem with that i guess well i think uh, you're right Part of the part of a, a good GM is when you describe your game, you describe it. You know, a lot of people like me. I don't like giving a lot of details about what's gonna go on in my game. He doesn't want to give away the plot, so you don't have right. the clues. And but you want to be enticing, right? You want to make it juicy for players to want to be in your game. So you give a description, and and that description should be like truthful, right? It should be like shouldn't be a lie, you know, and or whatever. For example, a hook, right? A hook that you're reeling him in and giving him something else. And yeah, and so like if I, you know, if I'm saying, you know, I'm running a Tales of the Loop game, you know, I'm not going to play AD&D, Advanced Dungeons Dragons, at the table and change up the the, the situation. And that's basically what happens if you sign up for a game and then all of a sudden the game is not what it was presented to be. Right. Right. Or you hide a huge pertinent fact about what's going to happen. Like, this is going to be a really edgy, you know, push the limits of whatever, common decency type of game. Well, and that's when I was doing the research on Reddit, this one guy said, and this year, two two different things happened that I think it, it makes it clear to me anyway, that right. you should make sure that there's consent and consent and you tell people what the, your game is about so they have a choice whether to stay or not one guy said that him and his friend sat down and it was a it was a game about a cult that kidnapped women and murdered their pregnant unborn women. pregnant women and murdered their unborn babies yes and one of them had and one of the guy's wife had just had a miscarriage or something right but i was shocked that they didn't get up and walk away because he said because the guy said we i said this is not a subject that we really wanted to was this at a game convention <clears throat> oh yeah it was at a game convention, and the guy said, "You know, this this said this is not a good thing for us." But the guy didn't care, and just the GM, ra- the GM didn't care and ran the game. So one, they should have got up and walked away. And right. I understand people have problems with that, but if you're you, it's like me with killer clowns. 
why would I sit through something that's going to horrify me for four or five hours? Why would anybody do that? I can understand. I can. Yeah, I can understand. One, why do you have that in your game? I mean, why? That is so disturbing that somebody would come up with that unless they're just looking for something so disturbing to disturb people. The horror games like Call of Cthulhu some of the call of cthulhu's and and even like monster hearts and stuff like that those are games that you you know are gonna make people uncomfortable or there may they may make people uncomfortable right. with some of the content when people are playing those games i think they they know that also right you would think i mean i don't know what game system but this guy was running but if you sit down at a table and a game like that happens then my suggestion and i'm pretty adamant about it is just get up and walk away tell them i'm uncomfortable with this and I would have said something probably really not nice, but uh, and then I would have gone and told the people that ran the convention because that's not wasn't in the description okay, according to it, this guy. Okay, if it were, if it wasn't in the description, then yeah, it's very. I can see where you really would have a problem. You know, one you told, but see the thing is, this guy for whatever reason probably centered his whole adventure around this stupid cult or whatever and so that was a huge part of his game and then people who run those kind of games sometimes go well you know they're there to push the boundaries they say i don't know i mean i think it's ridiculous to even come up with that idea and run it at a con you know a general place in what do you call it in general population or whatever you want to call it and for the most part and you know i i, I think we mentioned it but you know we're from northern california and our northern california games are, are sometimes most of most rpgs are ran in a private room or in a room with one other game, not in a huge hall. So I would find that problematic, running that in a huge hall, <clears> knowing <throat> that people who didn't sign up for my game are going to be exposed to this ridiculous <laughs> cult thing. And, you know, you could have a D&D game next to you with, you know, children, you know, playing there. And you're going to be talking about these ridiculous, you know, ridiculous, nasty things, you know, in an open uh, area. It's just seems kind of like a bad idea. But if he, if he put it in his description... And he made a point of, you know, this is a rated X game because that's probably what I would rate, rate it. And then he put, obviously, what the main point of the game was going to be. And still these guys signed up for it. Then, I mean, I'm like, well, I don't know. Then that's their own fault. That's their own fault. But if he didn't propose this from the very beginning and, you know, was open about it, then I think it's kind of crappy. And I think it's ridiculous. But you're right. Why didn't they stand up and leave? You know why didn't they stand up and leave? Because they part their part of the social contract is they signed up to to run it to play in a game, and they even though it presented a problem for a, a couple of the players, that social contract that I signed up to play this game and paid my ticket if they have to pay for it. You know it makes people stay when they should have gone and got up and left. So I think that's what kept keeps people at the table when they really want to one they really want to play and two they like I said they signed up for this game so. They want to go through with it. Well, everybody's different. That's not me. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I wouldn't. I If I'm uncomfortable, I'm not going to stay in the situation. Oh, yeah. I hear you. So another thing I was thinking about is, so Monty Cook at the very end of the of the PDF has this consent checklist, right? Which I think is pretty a cool idea. You know, at, it's at a at a con game, you know, usually your description should be pretty pretty good about what, what's going to going to happen in your game but of course it's not going to cover everything what your game is about so well and, and you never know who's gonna if someone's gonna have a a weird problem or i don't mean weird i mean you don't know what people's experiences are so you don't know what kind of traumas or anything they had in their life right. or that might make them uncomfortable right other than normal stuff like that killer clowns right yes killer clowns <laughs> terrible thing when you approach a table of 
players that, that you don't know. You may not know any of them. And some of them may be new to the hobby. So I think that that, that is what's happening is that because gaming, role-playing games has become more popular to a wider audience. Which is audience, a cool thing. Which is really neat. <clears throat> you have a wider audience of people coming to your gaming conventions and your gaming tables. And they have all kinds of different experiences. So when I was running games back and playing games back in the 70s and 70s, 80s. 80s, even into the 90s, all my players for the most part were guys. And they were people I knew for a while. From the 70s, 80s, and 90s. <laughs> there were some people That I you knew. grew up with. There were some new people in there. Anyway, so, but now I have women at my table. I have kids at my table. I have some new people, I, you know, newer friends that I didn't know before. Didn't know before. And, and that's a good thing, right? The, the, that means to me that the hobby is expanding and is including more and more people. So with that and playing at conventions, you notice that there's a lot more different people playing, you know, people. And there's a lot of different games also besides right. just the old standards. Yes. Yes. So I think that's what this does. What's causing, you know, the problems with, not problems with consent, but these ideas where, where you're starting to present things that, you know, your homogeneous uh, population of gamers is not so homogeneous anymore. You have people from different backgrounds, people, different ethnicities and different, just diverse group of people entering their gaming hobby and they don't have the same experiences that you did. And sometimes, you know, you know, Monty Cook spells out different reasons why certain subjects might bother people like one was a you know he mentioned a post-apocalyptic game setting and he said you know maybe a person who has lived through you know a civil war or, or something you know might or gone through that kind of tragedy may not be feel comfortable playing a game like that well if, and if that were to happen most likely you should make sure that that's in the rules that is a post-apocalyptic i mean in the in the in the description yeah, right yeah so hopefully they wouldn't sit down at your table and if they did once you explain what the game is going to be about you can give people the option that they can leave. They don't yes. have to play, which is yeah. probably one of the, the things that people should do is give people an option to walk away from the table because obviously some people feel they can't with, right. unless they're given permission, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, I, 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 I was, I was a, not say a victim of that, but I was, you know, when I, when I was in that game, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get up and leave mainly because I had hopes that it would get better. That was a 2013 twi- Twilight. Oh, 2013. Yeah, yes. which is a post-apocalyptic game. Yes. Saul likes the post-apocalyptic games because it gives them this this feeling of you know you have to rebuild the civilization kind right. of feeling, right? Exactly. So he takes a different tack then, but then his city's never been bombed out. So you know that could change your opinion on the whole post-apocalypse. Right. Like world. if you, you know, if you lived, I'm not sure what you're trying to say, but are you talking about like Syria or Sarajevo uh, is what I was oh, specifically Bosnia, Herzegovina. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, one of my friend, one of my friends from work, she is from Bosnia and she immigrated here when she was a young woman, uh, probably in her late teens. And she remembers, you know, she, you know, her, his, her, she had she had like three or four younger sisters and her father was a well-to-do person in 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 bosnia and uh and she remembers and she was talking about stories about droves of people coming through the town and uh, begging and for food and and how her dad you know because by that time there was no food in sarajevo so all they had you know they were stockpiling all kinds of canned foods and how he had forcibly had to make people go away and and you know threaten them with with firearms to get away from their house and stuff and she she was traumatized you know I, I was you know i was listening to her say this and i'm like and i'm like you know you could see the tears welling up in her eyes and it, it was nothing to do with her 
and, you know, I mean, it, it did sort of, but, but it was her dad's, you know, uh, trying to protect the family and make sure that they weren't going to be the ones that were going to be starving and running through the streets or, you know, begging for, for food. And so, you know, at one point he had enough of that. And so he was able to immigrate to the United States. But, but would she want to, you know, if she was a gamer, would she want to go through that type of game, post-apocalyptic game? <clears throat> And a lot of post-apocalyptic games are like that. You know, you're you're scavenging for food, for resources. It's probably not a game she would want to play in. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there, you know, right? And so when I saw her and she was, I mean, when I was talking to her and she was telling me this, I was like, I was flabbergasted. I had no idea, right? I'm like, wow, you know, this is pretty heavy stuff. And for me, I don't want to, that's not my role-playing style. I don't want to deal with heavy stuff. To me, the heavy stuff is like things you can blast away, right? You know, you know that's how it solves the situation, you know by killing the monster and stuff you know i don't want to delve into some type of therapy session and that's what and that's what the uh, monty cook says you know the, you know you shouldn't use rpgs as a therapy session because most people aren't you know professional therapists <laughs> right <laughs> I <don't hope> so. <laughs> sorry i was just thinking about our table i don't think that would work very well <laughs> so i like i said i was really surprised at the negativity that some that some people brought to this conversation about this Free PDF, free PDF. You just, they just you know, give it out. You do realize that there's going to be negativity about any subject, yeah. right? But I, you know, I thought this was a pretty good, safe subject. And it, you know, and the thing what, what was really appalling to me was that okay, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe it doesn't apply to your table. Does that mean that I'm going to go on Facebook or any comment section and say this is ridiculous? Why do we even have to play this or even deal with this? And this comes up over and over again. Well, if it doesn't apply to you fine then you're so happy playing in your group keep going going on doing what you're doing right but they're so they themselves are triggered by this you know horrendous document that they have to go online and chide people for even putting it out there like people were like angry at money cook for putting this out i'm like wow really i just it just it didn't i didn't i still don't understand uh, maybe i do understand this is what the problem is if these guys could be described by a bunch of words that i really don't want to say on my podcast but that's what it comes down to i go and these people sh- these are the people who probably should read this document and probably should use this document but those are the people who don't this was, this was a sad fact people like me who never really thought about it and like oh they come across this kind of document and they're like oh oh yeah this makes sense oh yeah i could see how wow how jimmy and uh and you know and Shane can have a problem with this topic topic, but that's who it, you know, that's who it should go to is people who are willing to consider it and willing to maybe even like, you, you know, obviously use this ideas that are in this little, this little you know, PDF. So what are the tools that, um, you can use to make sure people are comfortable at your gaming table in the PDF? There's only like two or three he, he mentions, but there's a whole bunch of them, you know, that, that are out there about consent and safe gaming space and all this other stuff there's you know lines and veils fade to black the x card i think we've talked about the x card we have a whole episode about it fade to black if there is a situation where a person doesn't want to monty cook uses the the sex scene you know in in a film right where where people are starting making out and it fades to black right and then they, they show them the next morning so you know you basically know what happens but there, don't need to go into glory detail or 
explicit detail I should say about what happened right you just fade to black and then you do that in the game session you know that's a cool tool you know and if somebody has a you know you know we don't need to delve into these topics about or get explicit about certain things and, and fade to black works pretty well the x card we talked about is basically you have a card usually in the middle of the table or somewhere accessible and it's a big old x on it and if, if anybody has a situation that they feel uncomfortable with they touch it and boom the the set that scene ends no questions asked and you just continue playing going on with the adventure uh lines and veils i'm not really too sure about i don't know if i haven't read that one but you know i'm sure if you put lines and veils in rpgs you know you'll they'll come up with a document or two about it uh they also mentioned in uh in the consent and gaming about uh thank you no evil is a uh is a game for kids rpg made by monty cook games and they have a phrase safe words yeah phrase they say uh, thank and uh, no no thank you evil right and when somebody says that they want to end the scene and not, not talk about whatever is going on and then you move on you know you skip to the end you know to the end of the scene or to the next scene so there's all kinds of th- you know kinds of aids and ideas that are out there that can help you make your game not traumatic to your players and just from my perspective, if you're in a game and, and somebody says something that makes you uncomfortable, I don't, it doesn't matter if it's sexism, racism, something that isn't gonna that you don't like, say something, get up, tell them. And if it's really, really bad and something to, totally that's against your moral character or offends you to the core, walk away yeah. so you don't have to deal with it. And if you can't do that, and I, I never, I've, I, I don't think I would use an X card because that would be to me as a player i wouldn't touch the x card and because then people would be thinking oh i wonder what it was that bothered her i would just tell everybody because that's me right but other people i guess aren't don't feel comfortable doing that but right you should you should be you should feel comfortable telling people that you're uncomfortable i'm not comfortable with this right yeah i agree i think maybe you could pass out an x card to everybody so they could just hold it up so the gm can that, see it you know there's all kinds of different ways you can use an x card that's true and you should make sure and you're not there you're never going to know all the trauma things that people might have gone through so in the back of a pdf there's a little checklist, checklist. right and it, it covers a lot kinds of things and there's plenty of spaces to add things and you know i again i really go back to the negative comments about this pdf and people oh why do i need this checklist it's ridiculous right and i'm like you know use it and see if anything comes back that you don't expect right you know you supposed to be you know your friends you know just use it see what what happens you always have something left to say i think you covered everything this document uh this pdf consenting gaming by Montico games is a great tool to use i think that what in the end is is that we're trying to make our role-playing games more inviting to a wider amount of people and that's just gonna make our hobby better and give us more opportunities to play and i think that's a good thing and i think this this consent uh, in gaming pdf is working toward that goal so there you go so there it is this is gaming perspectives with saul and jolene have a good day have a good day